Hi everybody, this is Antonia. Um, I am the host of HodgePodge History, and this is episode 6. We are going to be talking about smallpox in the 18th century today. I know you guys are all so excited to talk about another pandemic. Um, hopefully it won't be too bad. might be a little bit dis- disorganized though. Um, I am going to jump around a little bit. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Um, so we're going to be focusing on Boston. Um, they just had the best records. Um, obviously Boston was a pretty big city compared to the other colonies um, and the cities they had in early 1700s. Um, so we will go with with Boston. Um, so we're going to start in 1721. Um, this is kind of the, um, the beginning of modern vaccinations. <laughs> um, weird that that's a touchy topic, but whatever. Um, so in 1721, um, they had a, um, smallpox outbreak. Um, things got pretty bad pretty quickly. Um, those infected, their fatality rate was 15%, um, which was 8% of Boston's population. Uh, Boston's population in 1721 was actually only 11,000 people. And um, so you can imagine <laughs> they were small and then they lost a ton of people all at once. That had to have been pretty terrifying. Um, smallpox kind of presents itself similar to like influenza where you vomit, you have a fever, um, muscle aches, things like that. Um, but on top of that, you do get that awful rash with like the, you know, blisters and pus and anyway. Um, so that spread very quickly. Um, they were at the beginning of understanding, you know, what germs or what a virus was. And, um, because of this, they didn't necessarily understand how it spread. Um, they knew to some extent, um, they actually did try to stay away from those who were sick because they started to pick up on that pattern that if they were exposed, then they would come down with symptoms themselves. Um, in 1721, people got kind of desperate, um, and there, there was already an inoculation practice, um, to some extent in Europe, um, in England before this um, outbreak in 1721, not too far before, but um, they had actually started testing this process after they had discovered that um, nations further east in Asia, in the Middle East, um, and parts of Northern Africa, they had had um, some level of success with the inoculation process, um, spread to Europe and England, who was also afraid at the time um, of this disease, decided that they would test um, this inoculation idea out on orphans and prisoners. Um, awful, but <laughs> I, whatever. Um, they did, they saw pretty quick success, um, and they started to offer this process of inoculation to the Europeans. Um, 
so at the time, just a little explanation for the way that they actually did this. They didn't have a way to like make a vaccine like we know it, where it's in a little vial um, and it's safe. Um, and, you know, it wasn't as um, put together as that. So at the time, the way they would do this is they would either um, take the pus from somebody's rash um, who was infected with smallpox at the time. They would either inject it with a small syringe type thing into another patient, or they would soak a thread in the pus, then make a little incision in your hand or your arm and implant this little thread that was covered in someone else's pus. <laughs> Sorry if you have a weak stomach. Um, and the idea was that you know, they knew that you'd come down with smallpox, but the hope was that it would be a lesser form, which was correct to some degree. Um, unfortunately, this lesser form was still contagious, and they hadn't quite put that together yet. Um, these inoculation sites um, sometimes would become infected, which I'm sure you can imagine. Um, they would also unintentionally spread other um, bloodborne illnesses or illnesses that they weren't even necessarily aware of. Um, obviously very dangerous for that reason. Um, sometimes these wounds would become gangrenous or um, infected in, you know, it basically sometimes it would eat into their skin. Um, awful, awful wounds that would take months, sometimes, you know, a year <laughs> to heal. Um, but they did have a higher survival rate than just getting it um, the traditional way of, you know, accidentally catching smallpox. Um, so we continued this practice. It wasn't well known. Um, the general population was immune just from um, having it as children in uh, Europe. They just had herd immunity at this point. Um, in the 100, 200 years before this, um, Europeans had spread smallpox into the Americas, killing thousands and thousands and thousands of Native Americans. And um, this was kind of their first, you know, they're seeing this disease that they're familiar with and they're starting to understand that, you know, they, they do have an immunity to it. Um, but with this becomes, or comes very evil ideas, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so in 1721, like I said, people in Boston are pretty desperate. Um, there is a man, he was brought over to the Americas from West Africa as a slave. His name is Onesimus. Um, he remembers seeing the inoculation technique used um, earlier in his life. He doesn't specify where he saw this, um, but he does go to Reverend uh, Cotton Mather, who is a very strange person, but um, he did like this idea. He figured it was worth a shot, um, but like I said, he is a reverend, so it's not um, really the best situation for him to be inoculating people. So he finds Dr. Zabdiel Boylston. Um, Dr. Boylston is actually the first American-born um, surgeon, <laughs> or at least, you know, white American-born surgeon. Um, 
and he he likes the idea as well. Um, he also speaks to Onesimus, who kind of explains the process. It makes a lot of sense to him. And he pre- presents it to leadership in Boston. Um, it's kind of a mixed bag on how people reacted to this idea. Um, Bostonians in general, as they started to inoculate um, little groups of people, started to panic. Um, this was a very scary idea to them. Um, They didn't understand what was happening. Clergy especially were very vocal in thinking that inoculations were evil. Um, The basis for this particular belief was that God must be punishing the evil people in Boston. um, In other words, the sinners of Boston. And um, because they were interfering with their punishment by preventing a death by smallpox, they figured that this was um, interfering with God's plan and that it was an evil um, practice. Uh, Others just didn't understand how this could work. They were seeing these horrible wounds that would come out of the inoculation. Um, Some people were still dying, and it wasn't really slowing the spread, because like I said, even those who were inoculated were still contagious. Um, And so they were afraid. They figured that inoculation had just as good of chances of killing you as getting smallpox did. So... um, from there, the first round didn't go very well. A few people were inoculated in 1721. Um, Boylston, basically, this became a super polarizing political issue um, in Boston. And Boylston, because he was so vocal, um, he started getting threats. He went into hiding. Um, eventually, it does end up that his... Um, Someone throws a grenade into his home while his wife and his son are there. Um, luckily, they survive, but scared him pretty badly. Um, Boylston actually ends up getting arrested, then released because he hadn't actually committed a crime. Um, and he ends up going to London probably to try to, you know, not get another grenade thrown at him. Um, as well as there were a lot of um, people in London who were a little more on board with the new science, kind of, (laughs) and um, they wanted to hear about his findings. So Boylston does go to London. Um, Mather is also attacked several times. Firebomb is thrown into his home. Um, Again, he survives. Uh, There's a note attached to the bomb that says, that says, Cotton Mather, you dog, damn you, I'll inoculate you with this, with a pox to you. Um, Once Boylston does get to London, um, he presents his findings, and he states that out of the 247 people um, in his experiment, only six patients died. Um, There is kind of a fall in cases um presumably people you know it's kind of the herd immunity thing again people that were gonna get it got it um survived it and moved on and then a couple decades later pops up again um they have another outbreak in 1752 um in the 1750s benjamin franklin also goes back to london to report the findings um 
of their current situation. And Benjamin Franklin reported that out of the 5,059 untreated people, um, in his records, uh, 452 died from the virus, which is 8%. But out of the 1,974 inoculated people in his experiment, only 23 died, which is 1.2%. Um, they also, around this time, start inoculating slaves. Um, unfortunately, their uh, mortality rates remained much higher, even among the inoculated. Um, I couldn't find super great information. From what I can tell, I believe this is because, um, so when they inoculated the white colonists, um, they were kept under 24-7 care in a smallpox hospital. Um, but when they would inoculate their slaves who would also come down with smallpox, they were kind of just left to fend for themselves, often forced to work while so sick. Um, and because of this, the inoculated mortality rate um, was 5%. Um, and uninoculated people was 12.8% uh, mortality rate among black people at the time. Um, it's just sad to think about. Um, and they had another resurgence of the, the disease um, in 1964. Um, by this time, people trusted the inoculation process a little more. Um, and the Boston Gazette advertised that Bostonians, um, even if they couldn't pay, could be inoculated from March 5th through mid-May. Um, and so people, you know, took them up on this offer. Um, many people did get inoculated. Uh, Boston at, in 1964 had a smallpox hospital at Castle William. And the inoculated patients, similar to um, 1752, they were kept in this hospital, quarantined. Um, they were getting a little smarter about not spreading it after inoculating people. Um, they were kept for six to eight weeks until a doctor would deem them healthy, um, and then they could leave the smallpox hospital. Um, in 1764, they made a lot of the same attempts that we did in 2020. Um, like I said, they're starting to understand how things spread a little bit better. Um, they did close schools, um, including Harvard at the time, which apparently really pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> but they closed schools. Those who could went to the country to stay away from those that were infected. Um, and they, you know, those who were sick, were quarantined. Sometimes they would even place a uh, guard outside of the family's home to prevent anyone from coming or going. Um, they would also have the, the six-foot rule, like we do, um, and they would take it a step further, sometimes even having a six-foot-long pole to show people where to stand when they spoke to them. Um, So John Adams, um, who would eventually become president, he actually traveled at age 29 to Boston to be inoculated um, in six, or 1764, or a couple years after. I can't remember the exact year. Um, 
But by the time 1775 rolls around, they have another outbreak. Um, but this time it's different. Um, now Boston is at war. They are occupied by the British. And the Continental Army, or the rebels, depending on what side you're in, um, <laughs> were surrounding the city. Um, during uh, the battles, huge numbers of people in Boston were injected with, or were infected with smallpox. Um, most of the British had already been inoculated and were already immune. Um, because of this, conspiracy theories started to be whispered around Boston and ar uh, among the army, um, which, honestly, this sounds so logical, I don't even know that it's really conspiracy. But um, the belief was that the British spread smallpox back into the city on purpose, knowing that they were immune, and that once people were infected, they actually started to, th there were stories of citizens being um, smuggled out into the army to infect troops as well. Um, this was obviously major issue for the um, revolutionaries, and they very easily could have lost the war just on this. Um, when the Brits left Boston in March of 1776, only soldiers that had already recovered from smallpox were allowed to enter Boston. Um, this was on orders from Washington himself, and this was controlled. Um, they had to be checked whether or not they had scars or not from smallpox. Um, if they didn't have scars, they were not allowed to go into the city. Um, Washington himself was luckily immune. Um, he had smallpox scars himself from having the illness when he was 19 and in Barbados. Uh, Washington was so desperate to protect his troops. Um, he did not like where this was going. He knew that they were going to lose the war. And Washington ordered his men to be inoculated, despite the fact that they would need to be quarantined for several weeks um, and that they would be out of commission while they recovered from the illness for weeks, sometimes months. Um, a lot of historians actually credit this decision to um, being, you know, <laughs> um, they really believe that this saved the war that this helped uh, the Americans win the revolution rather than lose it. Um, because without this, they believe that so many of the soldiers in the Continental Army would have died. Um, in 1777, he ordered Dr. W. Shippen to inoculate the men um, that were moving through Philadelphia at the time. Um, and during his time at Valley Forge, Washington inoculated the rest of his men. Um, like I said, saving who knows how many lives. Um, but definitely saving the war because there were still men to fight it. Um, so all those news stories where they are saying that masks and <laughs> vaccines and things like that are un-American. Um, sounds like Washington himself would have been on board. So have fun with that thought. Um, yeah. So I think we are going to end there this week. Um, I think I'm going to go been on a uh, American revolution kick lately. Um, so I think we might stick there for a while. Um, so next week's will probably be, um, in that time frame as well. 
And again, thank you for the support. If you're not already um, following us on Instagram, it's at Hodgepodge History. Um, Facebook is the same. And Twitter is at HistoryPod2021. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Please leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Um, and I will be back next Wednesday.